You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels Podcast. This is our seventh episode of Season 3 for the episode uh, Iron Squadron. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's happening, Mike and Star Wars Rebels fans? Mike, we got uh, Iron Squadron today. We yep. got some bratty kids and some space waffles. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I, if if Lucasfilm does not market the space waffle maker, then, yeah. uh, you know, like, I don't know what they're doing over there. I, yeah. Man, I, those look tasty. That's all I'm saying. They look tasty. Yeah, I know. Just a little bit of uh, some syrup on there and we'll be good to go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, we got... Uh, Iron Squadron to to get through today, but before we do that, let's um, see what's going on in the news. Yeah. Always on the move. Force is strong this week. Now, here's the latest from a galaxy far, far away. Roll away, sir. All right, Mike. So as we often do here in the Rebels podcast, we'd mm-hmm. like to talk about the news and not just Rebels news, but news going on in the Star Wars universe, because, of course, we're all big Star Wars fans here. Um, first thing, uh, and we'll, we'll get through this um, pretty quick so we can get to the recap. Um, this hit just hit today, too, from yeah. Entertainment Weekly. Kathleen Kennedy has some stuff to say about what's going on with the Star Wars franchise. And I got a chance to read over this thing. And there were some a cool a couple of cool nuggets in there. But for me, it's just like um, she she tried to stay tight-lipped about what they're doing. And yeah. apparently in January, they're going to come together and really hammer down what they're going. But, I mean, come on. This is Disney. They, they didn't buy this to, buy, to do three movies and a couple of standalones and call it quits. I mean, they're in this for the long haul. I mean, what did you get out from that uh, article, Mike? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think... I think they want to see how things play out with Rogue One for sure. before they before they decide whether or not standalone movies are the way to go or if they should do another saga trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, for my money, the best way to do this is to do... Uh, obviously, we're alternating, right? We got seven, right. and then Rogue One, and then eight, 
and then Han Solo, and then nine, and then after nine, we don't know what's going on just yet. Right. Um, for my money, here's what you do. <laughs> after nine, you do Obi-Wan one and two, mm-hmm. uh, and you do those, you basically film them as one movie, right? Film them back to back. Um, and you could even do one, two, and three if you really wanted to, but I think that two movies is good. I think that like break the trilogy cycle, um, and basically treat, treat the two Obi-Wan movies as their own sort of mini saga. Um, and so you do two movies back to back. I think after that, you can either, uh, do episode 10 or you can do another Han Solo movie because I'll tell you with the the cast that they've put together for this movie, which we're going to talk about in a second, yeah. there is no way they are not building a Han Solo franchise <laughs> by itself, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that there's absolutely room to tell three or four Han Solo stories all on their own, um, depending on how often you want to put those out. So that's the other thing that you can do is you can come back and you can do Han Solo uh, 2 and then Han Solo, uh, take a year break and then do Han Solo 3 so that you're not just, you know, uh, uh, sort of running that one into the ground. But <clears throat> I think I think the best thing to do is to, to do, uh, like, that two-year break, like I said, uh, make two Obi-Wan Kenobi movies. Um, maybe even make the Obi-Wan Kenobi movies, like, uh, uh, a winter-summer Mm. situation because they're filmed back to back and maybe what, t- what time can... frame are you talking about you're talking about like a pre i'm uh, talking snow? i so I, oh, like what time frame am i talking about for obi-wan yeah i i think in between three and four or? yeah definitely in between yeah. three and four um but i think i think really building on on um what happened in the clone wars the end of of uh the darth maul arc there um and sort of tying in uh and i i don't know because we'll see we're right we're, we're sort of we're sort of waiting to see what happens with darth maul and obi-wan on star wars rebels if anything um and and you know something's gotta happen right because they've set it up that way mm-hmm. um but but if if you ask me <laughs> if you if if it were me that was in charge i would be making the obi-wan film with as we've talked about before, obviously Ewan McGregor returning um, with Sam Witwer playing the older version of Darth Maul, um, even though he's younger than Ray Park, but you know, it's a star Wars movie. We can fix that. Uh, And then I would, I would honestly bring Katie Sackhoff into it as Bo-Katan and, and I would like develop a relationship between, between Obi-Wan and Bo-Katan. I, you know, because I mean, like Bo is is Satine's sister, so there's a little something there. I wouldn't have it go so far as being fully romantic, but I would definitely like develop a like a will they won't they sort of thing mm-hmm. in that movie, and th- and like that's your cast, um, and it's not it's you know you can obviously throw a bunch of other actors in there um, to round it out and make it a little bit more blockbustery like they have with rogue one but here's the thing like you look at rogue one in the force awakens and i uh, it shows that they're really they're not afraid to to not go the flashy stunt cast route um I, and i think even the han solo movie lends itself towards that as well because uh alden Ehrenreich is 
he's definitely a rising star, and Han Solo's going to put him on the map for sure. Um, and Donald Glover's been kicking around in Hollywood for years, um, and is just now starting to have have some mainstream success. And and playing Lando is going to put him in, you know, into into hyperspace, so to speak, uh, in terms of his star. But they're not really. I wouldn't consider them bankable. You know, um, and I'll actually just take us right into the next piece of news, which is Amelia Clark joining. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amelia Clark, yeah, she's Daenerys Targaryen on Game of Thrones, the Mother of Dragons, yeah, yes. uh, or Mother <laughs> of Rancors now. I, <laughs> yeah. I, but she also uh, starred in Terminator Genesis, yeah. Genesis, yeah. I yeah, yeah. uh, and that movie tanked hard, oh, so yeah, big time. So it shows that that Lucasfilm, like they know they it's Star Wars, they're gonna make their money, right? Like Lucasfilm and Disney know that, so they can afford to to be a little bit riskier with the casting choices and let the directors really really pick great actors mm-hmm. and let those actors make the movie something special. Um, which is, you know, honestly, it's the same thing that they've done with Marvel. Uh, uh, if you really go over and you look at Marvel and what they've done over there, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was a big risk. Chris Evans was in Fantastic Four, which was a huge flop, as well as several other movies that did not do well. Um, you know, the only, the only real, uh, member of, of the Avengers, I would say that had any screen cred to their name was Scarlett Johansson. I uh, she she was probably like like going into that role probably the most bankable actor that they had put in in one of the hero roles, right? And she was a supporting character in Iron Man 2. Not Sam Jackson though. Huh? Well, Sam Jackson, I guess yeah, Sam Jackson, sort but of, yeah. but the thing with Sam Jackson is that when you look at the the um if you average out <laughs> True. I he works so much and he's in so many movies, yeah, many of yeah. which go kind of like straight to DVD sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, and you look at that, you're like, well, is he that bankable of an actor? Um, yeah, I think he is. I think he's a box office draw, but not in his own right. You know, he's one of those actors that, that beefs up your cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the time that they got to Avengers, you were looking at, you know, I, I, Marvel had made Robert Downey Jr. a star again, yeah, um, sure. and and had turned Chris Hemsworth and Chris mm-hmm. Evans into stars as well. So, um, you know, I, I I like that that it they they when you look back on it, you're like, well, that it's that movie is full of some of the biggest stars in Hollywood, and it's like, yeah, but not when they were cast in those roles. Right. Um, a lot of them were actually coming off of of either television or or a little bit of the less uh, exciting box office. So, um I think that Disney as a as a parent corporation isn't afraid to to take those risks because they know that the properties that they own are worthwhile. And then within both Marvel and and Lucasfilm, you've got producers in Kevin Feige and Kathleen Kennedy respectively that really trust their directors they trust uh they trust their casting um and they're not interested in in um 
casting stars as much as they are in creating them. So, mm-hmm. so uh, you know, Ewan McGregor in an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie is fine. He's a box office draw to a certain degree. But uh, the others that I mentioned, not necessarily, right? But they work with the Star Wars fandom, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that that's almost more important than, than um, sort of general box office draw because what you want is you want us Star Wars fans to be behind your product so that we go out and we tell everybody that they got to be there, right? Because we're the ones that generate the hype. The The average person did not generate hype on The Force Awakens. Um, it, it was definitely the fan community. It was, you know, podcasts like ours, like The Saga Continues, like mm-hmm. The Force Cast. I'm oh, sorry, The Force Cast. I mean, I guess the Force cast still technically exists, but uh, Rebel Force Radio, uh, Steve over on Geek Out Loud, like those communities, as well as as the 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 online, like the websites and stuff like that, the news sites, um, <coughs> they generated a lot of buzz, um, and and I don't think that you can discount that, and I don't think that I don't think that Lucasfilm does. I think that Lucasfilm looks at all of that and goes, yeah this is um this is the way to go this is the way to do it yeah you know like i said the the force awakens made over two billion dollars it broke the record for domestic like i said they didn't get into this to to just do a three another saga and then a couple of stamps they're gonna do that no i i I think they're gonna do more saga films i really do i think they're gonna break you know like like you said they might take a break a year or two um i'd love to see like everything you said, I'd love to see Obi Wan and, and the time yeah. frame we're talking about. Depending on the, what they do with Darth Maul and Rebels, um, could have an effect on you know doing something with with uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, I saw a trailer, and this is going to be crazy because uh, you know a lot of times we think of these you know characters like a Darth Vader and, and Obi Wan like oh do we want to go back? Do we need to do that? But I saw a fan-made trailer for mm-hmm. uh, it, it. Just it was like a standalone movie. It, it said uh, Vader, a Star Wars story, and obviously it's going from the time when he was uh, after Episode Three to Four. You know, yeah. of course, like the the glory years, if you will. And I was just like, whoa! I never knew I wanted to see a Vader a movie until I saw that trailer. It's like, damn, that was cool. You know, yeah. they spliced in a lot of you know video game stuff and yeah. And hunting down Jedi. Well, you know, it was crazy. I'm like, okay. Um, I, in in the same or, in the same sense that I want Ewan McGregor to come bla- come back, play Obi Wan Kenobi, and um, vindicate his performance in the prequels because I think it's a fantastic performance. And honestly, I mean, most people when you say, okay, yeah, the prequels are pretty, eh, at, in places, or for a lot of people, pretty terrible. Um, I know that we don't share that opinion necessarily, but that's a lot of people's opinion. The one thing everybody agrees on is that Ewan McGregor was great as Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Oh, yeah. But yeah. but to put him in his own movies where he can can shine and sort of um, carry the weight of that a little bit more, which is what the prequels should have done in the first place. But, I, I, yeah, for him to to sort of come back and show everybody um that he was the right choice for that role and that that uh you know they did tell good star wars stories in the prequels and to build on top of that i think would be fantastic in the same vein as that i think it would be absolutely incredible 
for Lucasfilm to give Hayden Christensen a, an opportunity to come back, mm-hmm. play Vader again, play Anakin again, and show us that um, that he's actually he's got a lot more to offer than what ended up on screen right. in in the prequels, um, in in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, because I do think he's a very talented actor. I think that he kind of got the 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 raw deal coming out of the prequels um and made a few bad choices after that um but you know like i i i just i think that he's a great actor i think that he was the right choice for anakin skywalker i just think that 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 writing could have been a little bit sharper Mm -hmm. and uh and and he's an actor that needs a good director and and as great as george is in many respects dealing with actors is not one of his strengths like he right. admits that himself oh he admits it yeah. yeah yeah so so that's one of those things where it's like you know between you know and they're running out of time james Earl jones isn't gonna live forever um certainly his voice isn't gonna hold up forever to play that character mm-hmm. um so if they wanted to do something like that they got to do it now right yeah but yeah. um yeah i i don't know like the I think one of the biggest problems with after episode nine is that there's just so much possibility at the moment. And I think that that's the place where Kathleen Kennedy and the story group find themselves and why they don't want to commit to anything just yet. Cause you know, they've got five or six serious contenders for what they do after episode nine. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's those balls got to start rolling sooner rather than later. Um, and obviously Han Solo is one of the things that's going to continue there. Um, and, and I think that, uh, I think we'll see Jake Kasdan continue to write those. Maybe, uh, Lawrence Kasdan has said that he's basically done, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but, but I think that we'll see that legacy continue with him. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll get more Han Solo movies. My hope, my biggest hope for the Han Solo films is that they are, um, very much, like the Brian Daly Han Solo adventures where they have nothing to do with the larger galaxy. They are right. very much about Han Solo and a specific MacGuffin. And they're much more like Indiana Jones than they are like star Wars. Yeah. Um, that's my hope. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, like, I think I've talked about it before, but like, I think this movie is going to be oceans 11 with Han Solo and Lando Calrissian, right. As the, uh, as the, the, yeah the George Clooney Brad Pitt guy yeah. uh, roles. And they're going to be putting together a team of, of ridiculous aliens and droids to pull off some crazy heist for Jabba the Hutt or some new gangster character or some other ne'er-do-well that, that we haven't met yet. Um, and I'll tell you, I, the Han Solo movie is the best opportunity we've got to see Hondo Onaka on <laughs> screen. That's true. And, like here's my pitch right now, and I the movie's already like they're getting ready to shoot that thing, so obviously I won't affect it at all. But here's my pitch for what I would do. So you know if it's not in the first one, they can put it in the second one. I uh, I would do a cold open where whatever you know the Indiana like uh, Temple of Doom the way that opens like in the in Club Obi Wan, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's like he's just at the end of an adventure and 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 he gets double crossed and all that sort of thing. I would have it be the exact same thing. Like like the exact same thing. Only like a, like a Bond film, yeah. Yeah, only the bad guy is is Hondo. Like Hondo has hired Han Solo and Chewbacca to do a job for him, and yeah. at the last second, Hondo 
uh, reneges on the deal. And that's how we find out, like, that's how Hondo gets ruined. Right. Yeah. Because like it, this takes place hopefully before rebels. Um, and yeah, so that's the moment where like, cause when we see Hondo, he's got nothing left. Right. And if to find out that the reason why he has nothing left is because Han Solo took it all from him or ruined him. Right. I, I <laughs> shot up his establishment and left him penniless. Mm. I, I, that, that would be, that would be so awesome. And you could totally just do up Jim Cummings oh, in yeah. the, in the makeup and just, and the average moviegoer, no idea what's happening. The hardcore Star Wars fan would be howling throughout that sequence. <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't, that's 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 my pitch. There you so, go. You know, yes, if anybody in the story group is listening, I, I have ideas. I have ideas, <laughs> and they're good ones. They're not He's just never short. And I really like. I don't have any ideas about Snoke. Okay, smarter people than me are gonna figure that one out. But I'll tell you this, like, I, I realize that he's a completely unique character and he's not going to turn out to be anybody that you think that he is. Um, but yeah, like I have ideas and I know <laughs> yeah. well enough to not have a Snoke theory because, this, you, you know, your Snoke theory sucks. Yeah, I know. I, I could go off on that, too. It's like, yeah, why, if he's somebody else, why? Why would you? Uh, what's no, the point? Right. Yeah. What's the point? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll just say I'll just say like when I was talking about Vader, like we'll see with rogue one, like we're going to see Vader in this. We'll see how he comes yeah. off with the voice and what they do with yeah. them and, and, and go from there. But, um, the last thing I'll say about this article too, Mike is you remember when we were sitting in and they, you know, Gareth Edwards, the last day we saw a little yeah. sneak preview. Apparently we we were supposed to get a Boba Fett, yep. uh, sizzle thing too, or a one minute teaser. Oh my God. Can you believe that? Yeah. You're supposed to get a Boba Fett teaser right there. It's crazy, and and all this Josh Trank thing and him going. Oh man, that's that was kind of revealed in that article. I was right. I yeah. was right. This that was that's Anthony Bresnikan confirmed what I've been saying since that day, yeah. which is that like Josh Trank wasn't sick. Yeah, they were they were booting him, and yeah. and and nope, the, nope. the 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 nope. official word is that he stepped down. But I'll tell you that he stepped down because Kathleen Kennedy said, you step down or you're getting fired. Yeah. Right. And, a, and, yeah. and yeah. that, yeah. yeah, like, like I, I, yeah, you can handle this one of two ways, but the way that, you know, what happened on fantastic four, I mean, like the reason why he got thrown into the conversation was because Simon Kimberg was on fantastic four as a producer as an exec, right? And brought him into the fold because Simon Kinberg is also an executive producer on Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. And I uh, brought him into the fold with the with the the Star Wars story group and everything. And then when things went south, Kinberg is also the one who and like I don't know this for sure, but this is the most logical thing that could have happened. Kinberg is also the one who came to Kathleen Kennedy and said, This is not gonna happen. Yeah. Right, like this is a bad idea. Um, yeah, they you, they they took an indie filmmaker and they gave him gave him unlimited resources, and he doesn't know how to make a film on that scale. Mm-hmm. Just the way that it goes. Um, it's like when a movie star goes from being nobody to suddenly being the biggest star in in North America, um, and that causes problems for them you know or or pop stars of any kind right like uh you look at like like justin bieber right 
is a perfect example of somebody who just he wasn't prepared for the amount of celebrity that he has and the amount of power that he has like he wasn't he wasn't raised to understand that and it he went from being on YouTube to being uh, one of the most uh, uh, popular uh, musicians in the world for some reason and yeah. uh, and and can't handle it right like he he just does stupid things because he can because he gets away with it right so it's the same sort of thing that happened with josh trank and uh and i think that they looked at it and went no we're not giving it because like you want to talk about unlimited resources you make a star wars movie you have unlimited resources yeah you know like you are you are at the company that created industrial light and magic you can do whatever you want and that would not have gone well not with yeah. the way that he behaved himself during Fantastic Four. So, right. Yeah. Like I said, you, we were supposed to get something. Yeah. Obviously, we it wasn't going to be any any footage filmed. It was going to be like a concept thing, like they did with the uh, Rogue One thing. Yeah. You know, so give you kind of a like an idea of what the tone was going to be. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. But still, that would have. I mean, that would have brought the house down to have two. Yeah. Like concept trailers oh, for, for sure. Us. Damn. For sure. I mean, Rogue One already did kind of because that blew us out of the water. We didn't know we were getting that. No. We walked into that just like, what? what? Yeah. But uh, even though it wasn't footage, just to, to get the tone, what we were going to get in this movie. Yeah, because with Rogue way. One, they were yeah. in the middle of filming during yeah. Star Wars Celebration. So it was like, yeah, 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 yeah it was pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Um, so cool article. Um, and last thing, and then we'll get to the recap here, yeah. is uh, Catalyst came out. I don't know if you've been reading it, Mike. I'm about nine chapters in and so far it's it's fine I mean, it's okay i'm not it's not blowing me away. Hey, you know what i i got the audiobook um okay. i had pre-ordered it a while ago i got the audiobook and i think i listened to like the first 15 minutes and was like falling asleep listening to yeah. it because it's like raving about it and i'm a hundred i'm almost 200 pages in and it's been pretty slow so i guess yeah. it picks up in the second half it's all i i when i i didn't realize what it was i just pre-ordered it because it's a star wars book yeah. um and then once I started to realize exactly what it was, I was like, oh, well, I'm really not interested in this because it's about it's about um, or I don't know, because maybe I just haven't made it through the prologue or something in the first chapter. But it seems like it's about um, Galen Urso. Yeah. Like is the, the whole book about Galen Urso. It's well, the, as far as I've gotten into about 200 pages, it's about Urso and Krennic and their relationship. I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, yeah, yeah. basically it's about those two um, and Jen and the marriage and, and the, uh, the relationship that Krennic builds with. Yeah. I'll with, tell with Jen. I mean, with, a, with Galen. So I, I will tell you, like, I couldn't care less. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't care less about that. And Star Wars expanded universe stuff, the 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 novels and comics and stuff right now, with the, with with a few rare exceptions, I just like I, this stuff is so not interesting to me. Because like um even the Ahsoka novel which I was super excited for and Ashley Eckstein uh, is the one who narrates that that audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um and she does a great job, but the story is just like, it's a mediocre Clone Wars storyline, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not a great Clone Wars storyline. It's, it's, it's a, it's a four episode arc that they've turned into a novel. And so instead of it being like, okay, here's a scene, here's a scene, here's a scene, here's a scene. It's like, here's a scene. And then here's another scene of everything that Ahsoka thinks about that last scene that you, we just gave you. And mm-hmm. like, like. It's it's a lot like Kenobi, which um, had similar problems for me 
Although, I, I guess kind of the opposite, because Ahsoka is just all from her perspective, and we don't see any other character's point of view, just hers. With Obi-Wan, um, we got, like, no Obi-Wan in that, but it was this other character, I can't even remember her name, but it was just, like, all her perspective on, like, moisture farming and running a, mm-hmm. running a cantina on Tatooine, and it was, like... Um, this book's called Kenobi. Where's the Kenobi? And yeah. the, the with the Ahsoka book, yeah, it's all about Ahsoka. But um, as far I think I'm about halfway through it, and it's just a lot of her um, coming up with with ways to hide from the Empire, and it's kind of like, yeah, well, that's not really like I wanted when I saw an Ahsoka book, and she's got her lightsabers on the cover. Like I wanted her doing something right and it's kind of yeah. i don't know i i'm kind of just towards like the 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 actiony parts of it and and, and then i dropped it because i was busy with other stuff but um but these these books in general are just not they're just not that great they're just not like there's been a couple of okay ones mm-hmm. since since the star wars reboot but since the disney reboot but um to be honest, like it's all just kind of mediocre. It's all, it's like the worst of the the Clone Wars era stuff. Um, like when when I say that, I mean like the the Clone Wars multimedia, um, you know, like like uh, 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 Dark Deception and Shatterpoint and and it's all like, of those. Um, not to say that th- those books were both awesome, but I I. Like sort of the stuff that that was a little bit more like, huh, um, like a, a dark rendezvous. I think was the Yoda one, mm-hmm. the Yoda Count Dooku one. That was just kind of like, huh, what what's happening in this book? Um, where they're not bad, they're just kind of okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with with the the Star Wars books as they are. Um, I don't know. I got eventually I'll get through them. I'm sure, but. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I have nine chapters in the Catalyst, and it's there hasn't been any action in it at all. It's still building, you know, the the relationship between Krennic and yeah uh, Galen, and I mean, I've heard nothing but just glowing reviews. Yeah, and like you said, I just I'm kind of bored right now. And you know I'm what? Waiting though? for it to pick up. I, I I hear it picks up in the second yeah. half, and there's some cool things. But I haven't got to it yet, so I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out. ahead and really quickly call out Star Wars fans because I know that a lot of them will be listening to this. Um, Star Wars fans need to branch out a little bit. Uh, Star Wars is the best. Uh, we can all agree on that. I don't think that anybody listening to this podcast is gonna argue that Star Wars is the best franchise, the best mythology, the best everything. It's Star Wars. I'm not gonna argue that with anybody. But go read a different book. Read something that's not a Star Wars book. Um, experience other media. Experience other franchise uh, franchises. Or experience things that aren't franchises. <laughs> you know, like experience some books that are just kind of like really well written books. Um, go go like seek out other things. Uh, expand your horizons a little bit. Then come back to Star Wars and tell me that everything 
that gets made with a Star Wars label on it is awesome. Because I think one of the things that happens is the Star Wars fandom gets a little bit myopic um, and, and sort of has blinders on and is just... There's so much Star Wars content yeah. that that it, all you have time to digest is Star Wars stuff, right? If you're reading all the comics, you're reading all the books, you're playing all the video games, you're, you're watching all the TV show and, you know, staying up to date on the movies. If you're doing all that stuff, I don't know if you have time for anything else. But... Um, Drop a couple of those things. Might I suggest the comic books? Pick them up when they're in graphic novels instead of reading them on a monthly basis. Um, experience some other stuff and then come back to Star Wars. Especially, you know, if, you, if you're a Star Wars fan but you don't read other books. Or if you're a Star Wars fan but you don't read other comics. The only comic books you read are Star Wars comics. So you read Star Wars comics and you're like, these are great. I don't know what anybody's problem is. And it's like, well, you don't really know anything about comic books. So you wouldn't know that the Star Wars comics are kind of mediocre comics for the most part. I mean, the volume one of Vader was awesome. Lando was awesome. Poe Dameron, the first volume was really great. Um, you know, there are exceptions to the rule, obviously. But the majority of the Star Wars comics are kind of just okay. Um, but you wouldn't know that if you didn't have a larger breadth of knowledge when it comes to comic books. Um, so I, I, that's, that's what I'll say about people saying that Catalyst is awesome. Catalyst is, I'm sure, full of great Star Wars fan service for people who, who get all giddy on the Imperial stuff. I'm sure I'm not one of those people, so it really doesn't interest me, but I'm not, I'm not like looking down on people who do people who are in the 501st and, and, uh, uh, who are really into all of that Imperial stuff. Like they're just, that's what, that's what gets them going. That's not really why I'm into star Wars, but like if, if I were, I would understand why catalyst is really exciting for some people, but in terms of it being a great book, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily true. And I can say that without having read it because it is a Star Wars novel. So, you know, um, I every once in a while you get a really great novelist writing a Star Wars book. But for the most part, I think what you get are people are guns for hire, like you do with most Star Wars expanded universe stuff. And and you know, if 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 they were better they would have their own franchise, you know, like George R. R. Martin has his own franchise because yeah. he's that good. Right. And I, I mean, that's debatable. I, I find his writing to be a little bit, I don't know. I <clears throat> yeah. long winded, but, um, yeah. but some people like that it's fantasy. So that's what people are into with fantasy, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you got to really, you really got to take a step back. You got to look at it objectively and you have to say to yourself, okay, Put your Star Wars fandom aside. Take those, uh, uh, you know, uh, Vader tinted goggles off, and uh, and and look at it from the perspective of someone, uh, you know, that 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 has a has a larger experience than just Star Wars content, and uh, and then come back to it, and you might be going like, yeah, it's okay. Um, th- most of the stuff is not terrible, but but it's also not like. I get tired, sick and tired of everybody. And it doesn't just happen with Star Wars. It happens with Arrow. It happens with, with I, uh, I, uh, 
the Marvel movies and all that stuff where people are just like, they're such hardcore fanboy or fan, fan people. I don't know. I don't know what the gender neutral term for that is, but I guess just fans. I, I, they, they, they feel like they have to defend it when people criticize something. And it's like, well, you can love something and be critical of it. Uh, listen to this podcast, <laughs> right? We, <laughs> yeah. Matt and I love Star Wars more than anything else in our lives, with the exception, I think, of our wives and children. Uh, but, you know, sometimes even that's up for debate. Yeah. I, 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 I think that our wives and children would, well, Car is not quite old enough to argue that yet, but she, one day she will be. Um, and say, like, you love Star Wars more than you love me, don't you? And I'll have to look at her and say, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I do. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, I got this love-hate relationship with Star Wars. I <laughs> And with that, let's get into the recap of this episode. <laughs> All right, let's do it. an enemy you must learn from grand admiral thrawn now it's time for the rebels recap rebel yeah all right here we go with iron squadron the episode opens with the ghost and a phoenix squadron hammerhead corvette arriving above my capo commander june sato sent them to my capo to evacuate rebel sympathizers Sabine Rand spots four Imperial TIE fighters pursuing a freighter above Maikapo. Hera thinks the freighter's crew are smugglers, while Sabine wonders why they are not jumping into light speed. The mysterious transport then charges at the Imperial Gazanti-class cruiser. A young male voice then uh, uh, thanks them, but declines their offer for help. Hera then tells the other ship that they are clear and need to run. The male voice replies negative and tells them that the Iron Squadron does not run. The freighter then drops several pieces of cargo on the Imperial cruiser, which explodes. Uh, the captain, um, actually, we'll stop there, Mike. I'm going to stop there real quick. Sure. And uh, about this beginning here. So, like I said earlier, we got another episode here of some young uh, kids that don't know any better and uh, kind of naive a little bit of what the, you know, what's actually going on in the universe. They're stuck on this planet of my cop and they're trying to do what they can to, uh, to help out with the empire and people, you know, we got more sympathizers. So it seems like a lot of this season is showing us that the, the galaxy as a whole is starting to, uh, I guess, fight back a little bit against the empire. Now, you know, it's been a long time since the empire has been put in place. And now it seems like this, this season of rebels, is about a lot of these rebel sympathizers and where they're coming yeah. out from. You know, we, we saw like with the Mandalorians and now this group here. And um, so it seems like that's where they're going. And a couple of things that came out of this first uh, thing is this kid who we're going to find out is Mart. Um, good pilot. You know, he's got this ship that, you know, like you said, Mike, last week, the Y2-2400, I think it is, a uh, ship much like Dash Rendar's. Um, but uh, he's a good pilot. Uh, he's got some good skill. He's got some good ideas as far as using the cargo as a, a way to, um, you know, blow up the, the, the other ship that was there. But he has yeah. no clue on the overall, um, the overall arc of this this empire. What it is, you know, he thinks this little thing's a star destroyer. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know. What do you think about this episode? And to me, again, this is one of those. Here we go with the filler stuff again. I hate to use that term. Yeah. Yeah. But 
But no. What else are we gonna call it? You know. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I think we're we're on the same page with that. Here's my thing. This is a great story. I, I, I think it's really good. Um, I think the problem is that they're not giving themselves enough room to tell these stories properly. Uh, and I'm gonna keep banging this drum, and hopefully, you know, uh, in future seasons they'll they'll switch it up. But it's a little bit too late for that because they're already into production on the next season. Um, if there is a next season, I'm pretty sure they. I, I think they've already announced a season four, but um, if they haven't, they will soon. I. Uh, my my thing with this is that you know the, the these stories, I uh, we're just kind of briefly popping into them. And everything gets wrapped up in a nice tidy little bow by the end of the episode. Right. And and then we move on to the next story. And it feels like every week it's like, okay, let's take these two characters from the ghost crew and have them go out and they're going to be the ones that we focus on this time. Um, and it's almost always Ezra and somebody else. So it's getting it's it's just like what what happened to the to the larger group dynamic what happened to the family dynamic mm-hmm. um i know that it's sort of broken down but it broke down and then kanan fixed himself real quick in the season premiere um and ezra seems to be back on the proper path after the darth maul episode so what's going on then like cuz cuz if those two things are dealt with, the larger arc of this season is nothing because Thrawn is not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, and it's really unfortunate because I think coming into the season, we were like, oh, great. They're going to really like, they're going to really add dimension and interest to the character of Grand Admiral Thrawn, and he's going to be better than he was in the expanded universe. Um, and I would say that so far in the instances where we've really gotten to spend time with him, that's absolutely true. But we haven't gotten to spend a lot of time with him. He's been sort of bookending episodes. Right. And that's getting a little bit tiresome of him, like, saying to other people, like, go do a thing and, you know, I'll just observe. Right. Um, and obviously he, he shows up at the very end of this episode. But his, like... I understand what they're doing. I understand that they're that they've got to have, they they have to build to the showdown between the rebels and and Thrawn, um, that they can't have that happen too early in the season. Otherwise, you're going to end up with the problem they had with General Grievous, where he just kept fighting them and running away. Yeah. Um, and Grand Admiral Thrawn doesn't run, so they have to build it up, but they just keep doing the same thing. And, and that happened last season on Arrow. And I'll tell you, by the end of 20 episodes, actually 23 by the time the season was done, mm-hmm. I, fans were sick and tired of it. Oh, yeah. Of, of this bad guy who kept threatening to do things and then never did anything. Um, so that when he did do something, it, it everybody was kind of like, well, yeah, finally... You know, like, yeah, you finally got around to it. Good for you. And they were so annoyed with it that when the payoff came, um, there was such a bad taste in everybody's mouth that that it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. 
Now, what we talked about before we got into the recap is going to obviously color the the larger conversation about this, especially because it's Grand Admiral Thrawn. And there are, as diehard as Star Wars fans are, I'm going to go ahead and say, you're not going to find any more diehard fans than the ones who consider themselves Thrawn's biggest supporters. Those fans, based on information from three books uh, they have built up that character into a like a small deity within mm-hmm. the Star Wars universe right like there are people who who are more interested in Grand Admiral Thrawn than they are in any of the characters from the original trilogy those people are going to tell you that this whole season was awesome because Grand Admiral Thrawn had something to do with it um and I don't think that they're necessarily going to be correct in that assessment because so far he's kind of been a bit of a letdown. Um, really strong start to the season, but then you know we're just kind of yeah. puttering along through this through this stuff right now. And you know we've only got a couple episodes left before the before the break, um, and then we'll have a few weeks off. Come back in January at some point and, and and we'll see what happens at that point because it'll be a it'll be a pretty quick sprint it usually is mm-hmm. um it'll be i'm sure that we'll come back sort of mid-january and then it'll be sort of february march and then if we're lucky we'll make it into april no. um and then we'll be done right and then it'll be another long wait um yeah i mean like at this point star wars celebration is in april and at, when we went to celebration in Anaheim, which was in a, at the end of April, we were watching the season premiere for season two. So, yeah. like that tells you that like we were done season one by April of that year uh, of of what was that twenty fifteen. Right. Um. So yeah, like more than likely, when we come back after the break. I I don't know what episode count we'll be at. I think we'll I think we'll be at about thirteen. Thirteen or so. Um, yeah, yeah. When we come back after the break, I think it'll be a pretty breakneck. I mean, that's nine weeks if they go flat out. That's just a little bit over two months. So that really does bring us to the end of March. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So so. Hopefully in those nine episodes, because we're getting 22, right? That's the run for the season? That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm I think thinking. So. Yeah. Um, that's what it was last year. Uh, okay. So I, I think that, that with those remaining nine episodes, they they got to kind of get the lead out, especially if they're going to deal with both Thrawn and Darth Maul. But, man, I don't know. Like, like Darth Maul's coming back right before the break, right? I yeah. think that we got that last on, on our last episode. We talked about the episode descriptions. Right. So we know Darth Maul's coming back sooner rather than later. I suppose if Darth Maul comes back before the break, and that actually ends on a cliffhanger that leads us into um, an arc after the break, if they're going to do arcs, I really wish that they would. Then, then you know, that'll eat up two or three more episodes. And then, you know, we're talking about seven episodes on the back end to deal with Thrawn. So mm. hopefully those episodes are all very um, mythology based and, and we can get into what's actually going on in the overarching story. But 
Yeah. Something tells me, something tells me we're going to have this Darth Maul story in the middle of the season, and then we're going to have a bunch of one-offs. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to come together for a two-hour season finale. Yeah. Um, which I guess really will only put us at eight weeks if we have nine episodes left after the break, because they'll, they'll do like they did last year, where it was two episodes back-to-back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think that's what they're doing, is, is this season seems to be about what's going to what what's going to happen with Maul and a little bit of a Thrawn and then what do we yeah. do with the rest of the 13 episodes uh let's just show how there's a lot of sympathizers and and how are these people getting out with the help of the ghost crew and slowly gaining a a following in and and the rebel alliance so yeah. um you know and as soon as i saw this thing start and as soon as i found out oh it's about this kid and you know, he's a whiny kid that thinks he knows everything. I was like, okay, I, not necessarily I checked out, but I was like, okay, I know where this is going to be. I know where this episode's going to go. So, uh, like I said, it wasn't like a super exciting episode for me, but it had yeah. some, you know, it's, it, sometimes it has it, funny it, things. You know, it's it was a good, like I said, it it's a great story. It's a good concept, but the execution just falls short because it's too quick. Yeah, you know, they kind of they kind of get to it way too quickly like um we never leave the spaceships in this episode we're just like i i don't know i i just the this episode was very heavily influenced by the movie red dawn right Mm -hmm. and i would have liked to have seen a little bit more of exactly what the iron squadron was doing um rather than than just sort of meeting the characters and then having a couple action sequences, which is really all that we got yeah. in this episode. But uh, I would have liked to have seen them sort of uh, carrying out their campaign and and uh, Ezra uh, sort of joining them and, and, and trying to lead them and, and that sort of thing. But finding out that they already have a leader. And, you know, I, I think that there was more here than what we got. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know why that is. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of good lines. I mean, the, the very beginning here, he says, uh, I think it's Marty. He goes, hey, come on over. We can probably show you guys a few tricks. It's like, hey, you're talking to the ghost crew here. They know, you know, if anybody's going to be teaching any tricks, it's the ghost crew. And, uh, you know, and even even Zeb is those, like, man, it's a ship full of Ezra's. And I'm like, yeah, yes, yeah. it is a ship full of Ezra's there. So it's kind of funny. Uh, go ahead, Michael, continue. Cool. <clears throat> uh, the captain tells them that they have been fighting the Empire on my capo for a while and invites them aboard. Later in the common room, Hera and Ezra contact Commander Sato with Chopper projecting a hologram recording. Sato explains that Iron Squadron was a rebel detachment that was led by his late brother, who was killed on Maikapo. Sato feared that his nephew, Mart Matten, died as well, after the boy never responded to his transmissions. Describing Mart as a rebellious youth, he pleads with Hera and Ezra to bring his nephew safely to Atalon. Um... So yeah, this is where we we get the connection between yeah. between Sato and and Mart, um, which is going to be somewhat important. And was kind of you know like like I I we're kind of giving the, the episode a bit of a hard time, but but by the end of it, you know it there there was definitely like an emotional center to this story that was really great. Right. I just think that yeah. you know like it, it would have been even more powerful if we had spent more time with these characters mm-hmm. over yeah. an arc right before we went back to to um the rebellion right. um it also would have made the rebels showing up at the end a way bigger deal if it had been 
a three episode build up mm-hmm. to them getting bailed out right instead of a 22 minute build up so <laughs> yeah uh i'll continue the ghost docks with the yt 2400 freighter santos ham uh let's see yt 2400 santos hammer above my capo Hera, Ezra, Sabine, and Chop are aboard the ship and are greeted by the Thelene Goti Tires. The human John or Jin welcomes them aboard and takes them to their to meet their captain. Goti explains that R3 has customized the ship's system to his specifications. John or Jin leads the Lothal rebels to the cockpit where Martin Matten is waiting. Martin acknowledges his Sato's nephew and asks the rebels if Sato sent them to get him. Hera tells them that she and her rebels are from Phoenix Squadron and, they, and that they have come to my capo to help dissidents like them escape. Mart says that he and his crew make the Empire, made the Empire evacuate. Hera warns them that the Empire will return. Ezra tries to reason with them while Hera reminds Mart and his band that they helped him. Mart replies that they are not going to let the Empire take their world. Are you to come get me? We're part of his Phoenix Squadron, a rebel group fighting the Empire. We came here to help anti-imperial dissidents like yourselves evacuate. (laughs) What does evacuate mean? It means run away like a coward. Unless you didn't notice, we fight and make the Empire evacuate. They'll be back. Can we eat? I'm starving. Oh, let me in there. Mm. Oh, Uh, hey, you want some? Thank you, but we don't have time. Let me debrief you on our plan to... How debrief is this going to be? Look, it doesn't matter. We are not going anywhere. You can't stay here and fight the Empire alone. What do you think we've been doing? If we hadn't jumped in and helped you back there... Helped us? We had everything under control. Didn't you see how we chased off that Star Destroyer? Yeah, that was not a Star Destroyer. It was only a transport. You are all very brave. But once the Empire arrives in full force... That won't matter. This is our world, and we aren't just going to leave so some Imperial goons can take it. We're not going to run. Not now, not ever. So uh, as far as um, this clip goes, uh, this shows, one, that, like I said earlier, Mart, he just he's just so naive as to what is going on in the galaxy. I mean, he thinks that the ship that he was going against was a star destroyer, like I talked about earlier. Yeah. And they're just like, no, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, you just went against four TIE fighters and one of these light cruisers. I mean, this is nothing compared to what the Empire could send to you. And he just doesn't get that. And I also kind of like the way the ship is kind of like it's kind of like his version of the Millennium Falcon, you know, when, they, when they're showing them go yeah. through it. It's, you know, there's stuff going on. You know, there's yeah. a, there's the droid fixing it. Uh, there's the noises and stuff like that. So I kind of like the little uh, kind of symmetry there with that and the Millennium Falcon. But uh, any comments on this, Mike? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think they, I think that you got it, you know. I mean, like, it, it is definitely um, – it's got that same sort of vibe that the Falcon has, that the yeah. Ghost has. Um, it's not just a ship. It's also their home. Uh, it's their base of operations. It's all that sort of thing. So it, much like the Falcon sort of uh, uh, describes who Han Solo and Chewbacca are, and the ghost definitely sort of encapsulates that crew, um, this ship shows us a lot about about Mart and uh, and uh, 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 Guti and, and Jonner, mm-hmm. and that they're definitely in over their heads right you know the fact that their hyperdrive doesn't even work 
right? Yeah, which is a great explanation yeah. for why they're stuck on my capo. Yeah. And and uh, and Mart isn't even interested in fixing it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, like the the ship seems to be falling apart. It's always running on emergency lighting until you know, sort of towards the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, and you don't even really think about it until you get to that point. And then you see like, oh, they they actually they actually have nice lights <laughs> on the <laughs> ship. They're just they just don't have them powered on. Yeah. Um, because they didn't they don't have a proper crew to to fix the ship up. So. Yeah, it, it was definitely um, a, a portal into who these characters are. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Uh, on an Imperial Star Destroyer above Lothal, an Imperial officer and Admiral Cassius Constantine enter the command bridge to brief Grand Admiral Thrawn. <clears throat> the officer reports that the blockade of Sinistag is, is proceeding as planned and that martial law has been imposed on Mykapo. Thrawn observes that Mykapo has no militia or starfighters and inquires about the resistance there. The officer explains that a ship calling themselves the Iron Squadron attacked an advance patrol with the aid of a vessel that Thrawn recognizes as the Ghost. Thrawn realizes that the Phoenix Rebels are evacuating the treasonous inhabitants of Mykapo before the Empire can arrest them. The Admiral offers to lead a squadron to the Mykapo system, but Thrawn insists that a single Imperial light cruiser should be sufficient for a man of Constantine's talents. Constantine is unhappy, but Thrawn taunts him by asking him whether he is up, whether or not he is up to the challenge. Mm-hmm. So I, I Constantine, not too thrilled about this because <laughs> um, I think a lot of these Imperials are used to working under Vader. Uh, I don't think that Thrawn is nearly as totalitarian as as vader is um and he you know there's a little bit more wiggle room to make a mistake here but uh but yeah uh, constantine knows that he's being set up for failure Mm -hmm. because constantine's been watching thrawn do this right he's been watching thrawn sort of send out these individual um sort of probes so to speak uh and to engage with the ghost crew and phoenix squadron in order to size them up. And he know I think Constantine knows that that's what's happening here mm-hmm. is that he's basically being sacrificed oh, yeah. for Intel. Um, and Constantine's not too happy about it. Yeah. I was a little surprised to, to see that Ron was <clears throat> in this. I mean, I didn't yeah. have any idea until I think I, I think he might, he might've been in one of the, uh, previews, but I was like, okay, Thrawn's in this. And then like you said earlier, it's like very little he's in it. And it's almost to the point now where like, we're getting too much of him just like surveying and, and not doing anything. Yeah. I, I totally get it in the beginning. Like he's sizing up this rebels crew because he doesn't want to overestimate the ghost crew and all that. So I get that. Um, but now we're going to have to start seeing him do something. And I don't know when we're going to get that maybe later on down the line, but yeah, he is back. You know, they do this martial law uh, where they declare this on my capo. And like you said, he, he calls out Constantine, right? He's just, yeah. he's just, throwing him under like dude this is it man this is your chance and you're gonna do it and he's kind of like oh geez okay so um i'm kind of well i'll get to the martial law thing i mean I, I don't know if this was the point where rex calls up and says hey you know we've we've liberated everybody i don't know how he did that when martial law was imposed unless he snuck people off and all that but um but yeah this is the uh this is it for 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 Constantine. This is his uh, one chance to kind of get back in the graces of of Thrawn. So we'll see what happens in the, uh, at the end here. Uh, the Lothal rebels and Iron Squadron head to the cockpit and discover that an Imperial light cruiser and two Guzanti class cruisers have 
Oh wait, did I go too far? Uh, uh above my capo. Oh my bad. Above my capo, Phoenix Squadron has completed their evacuation of the planet and depart for hyperspace. Sabine suggests that she and Chopper can fix the Iron Squadron's hyperdrive to help them escape. Hera agrees to their plan, but warns them that they must be ready to leave regardless of whether Iron Squadron is ready. Ezra points out that Iron Squadron are afraid of losing everything they know. He warns them that the Empire wants them to fight in order to destroy the rebels. When Godi asks if he wants them to them not to fight, Ezra replies that that how let's see, it's kind of messed up. He replies, how they choose to fight is as important as what they are fighting for. At that moment, Sabine, Chopper, and R3 manage to repair their hyperdrive and restore power to the ship's systems. However, the power quickly breaks down. Chopper then tells Sabine that the power is being diverted to the ship's guns and shields. Sabine replies that fixing the guns is not worth it if the hyperdrive is not operational. Over the intercom, Mar orders his crew to go to their battle station. So the one line that I liked about this and when I, when I saw this episode was that Ezra is telling them, like, and it says here, the way you choose to fight is, a, is as important as what you're fighting for. And yeah. like he says, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to let him go um, or you have to escape and you have to flee and, and come back another day uh, fully charged. So I just really thought, I, I love that line that he did about um, kind of the, the rules of, of what, what Ezra's learned over his past, you know, of the past three seasons that we've seen Ezra, like, right? And that's kind of what he's learned is to, you know, like in the beginning, he was really quick to rush to do things and, and he kind of still is like that some, somewhat, but he's learning. So I kind of thought that was kind of cool of him to show them like, hey, I understand what you want to do. I understand what you're, what you're, what you're thinking is here, but, yeah. you know, you have to do it this way. You know, you have to really, the way you choose sometimes is more important. So I kind of like that line. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. You want to continue? Uh, the Lothal Rebels and Iron Squadron head to the cockpit and discover that an Imperial light cruiser and two Gazanti-class cruisers have exited hyperspace. The cruisers disgorge several TIE fighters and TIE bombers. The Imperial officer informs Admiral Constantine that they are sighting one freighter, leading the Admiral to think that Thrawn has overestimated the rebel threat and on my capo. <clears throat> Mart mistakes the light cruiser for a, for a Star Destroyer and vows to fight it. Sabine points out that the vessel is not a Star Destroyer and that a real Star Destroyer is six times bigger than the light cruiser. Mart orders his crew to prepare for battle, but Ezra and Sabine object. Ezra tries to convince Mart to come with them aboard the Phantom, too. Goody agrees with Ezra, but Mart won't listen to her and flies towards the Imperial ships. Mart finally agrees to go, and the and the two rebels rebel cells flee into the Phantom. However, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I mean, I'll continue. However, Mart changes his mind and disengages the airlock once all of the other rebels have boarded the Phantom too. Ezra flies the Phantom two after Sato's hammer while avoiding the Imperial starfighters and bombers. Mart charges at Constantine's light cruiser and releases his cargo of explosives. However. Constantine neutralizes them with the cruiser's forward batteries. When Jonner asks Sabine what she is doing, Sabine tells Ezra that Hera gave him direct order that he promised to follow. Ezra contacts Mart, who tells him and his crew to escape while they still can. Before jumping into hyperspace, Ezra tells Mart that he and his rebel cell will come back for him. So here is him doing his kind of like hero thing, right? You know, he's like, oh yeah, I'll come with you. And then he, 
he does the old, I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to show you guys how good of a pilot I am, how good I am, and, I, and how powerful yeah. I can be. So, of course, it doesn't work. I mean, he's going against uh, Constantine, which, of course, we know is not, he's not Thrawn, but he is, you know, versed enough. I mean, he is, uh, what is he? Is, is, he, uh, is he a captain? An admiral. He's an admiral. So, I mean, yeah. he, he he's going to know things. He's going to be able to outsmart a younger kid like this. And, and 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 Mark tries to do his uh, explosive uh, cargo stuff, but you know Constantine's ready for it. He's easily deflects it with his blasters, and then now Mark's a sitting duck. So um, you want to comment on that, Mike? Anything? Yeah, I mean, I I this this just sort of reflects what I had said earlier about them being in over their heads, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. This this is the moment where where uh, Mark kind of realizes that he want he tries to pull the same trick again but um but it's not going to work against the light cruiser yeah. right not not like it does against the transports um because the light cruiser has much more firepower and uh, and a and a uh, more skilled crew so um so yeah like they're definitely they're definitely uh kind of screwed <laughs> in this situation yeah. and mark begins to realize that and and the fact that they're not even up against a real star destroyer yet yeah no yeah just kind of goes to show that <laughs> that they're really in over their heads right yeah for sure um i'll also note that that my favorite part of this episode is how much action the new phantom got um did, and right? i yeah. i love that ship I I don't know why I love it so much. I just love it. It's so cool. I it's um pictures of the of the Lego set version of it mm. leaked recently. And uh and it's obviously a much more scaled down version. It's got to fit on the back of the Lego Ghost, which is also a scaled down version of the Ghost, right? But I I it's a great little Lego set. I can't wait for it to come out. It comes with uh, season three, Kanan, uh, a, a, a chopper because chopper's kind of part of the ship, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and and uh, Thrawn, and like that, I, Lego is not usually that generous. Uh, they usually <laughs> give you yeah. kind of like they give you like one cool character and then an okay character and then maybe some stormtroopers, but with this one, they're like, no, we're gonna give you Kanan and Thrawn. Um, and they they definitely balance it out by giving you another chopper who's exactly the same as the other chopper as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, uh, season two Kanan, he's got the awesome helmet, um, uh, the the helmet mask. Um, I'm hoping that he comes with like two sets of hair, so yeah. that you can like take the helmet off and he'll just have the the either the blind eyes or the uh, or the the bandage across the bandage. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I, uh, man, I just love that new phantom. It's so good. I love the, the, obviously the ship is familiar to, to clone wars fans. Um, because it is, as we saw a few episodes ago, um, it is a, a, a separatist, um, uh, sort of, a, I don't know what, what did they call them? I guess they're just little transports, just like little, yeah, like small separatist transports um but uh but it's been modified and the paint job just makes it that much cooler and i i yeah i love it i love the i love the shape of it i love the little 
like it has the the very prequel era because it is a prequel era ship the the spider legs that sort of come out when it lands um mm. and the lego set has all of that and it just it just gets a lot of love in this episode and uh and i really enjoyed yeah watching it sort of do its thing in yeah. these space battles so so even though i complained earlier that it was just kind of like they never left the ships it's like well at least one of the ships was really cool and <laughs> i guess if you're a fan i guess if you're a fan of the outrider then the outrider was pretty yeah cool I got the, outrider or the, the yt 2400 right? yeah but, for sure for sure yeah uh go ahead michael continue <clears throat> uh the lothal rebels and iron Wait, squadron do alone Sorry. do alone we got uh audio clip coming up too oh sure yeah Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I skipped ahead. <laughs> uh, alone, Mart watches Constantine's light cruiser in, on the horizon and admits defeat for the first time. Constantine is pleased and tells his men to monitor the transmission. He believes that the rebels will answer Mart's distress call. Meanwhile, the Lothal rebels and the other Iron Squadron members attend a briefing aboard the Ghost with holographic recordings of Sato and Rex. Mart informs them via his transmission that his ship has broken down but the Imperials have not fired on him yet. Hera notes that the Empire deliberately let the signal through. When Sato responds that Mart is the last of his family, Hera offers to take the ghost and rescue Mart. Ezra points out that the Imperial trap is not very good and reassures Goody and Jonner that they are going back as a team, which will give them and Mart a fighting chance. Help. He was going to say help. The Empire allowed that part of the transmission to get through. Then they cut it off. I will go. Commander, you're too far away. You'd never make it in time. I am all the family he has left. Let me take the ghost. Go in quietly and get him out of there. You have my gratitude, Captain. Wait, you're really going back? I'm... We are all for helping Mark, but it's obviously a trap. If it's obviously a trap, it's not a very good one. We were outnumbered before, but we're going back as a team, and that'll give us and Mart a fighting chance. All right, if we tag along. We saved you both the seat. So as you heard in that clip there, you know, there, here is Hera. She talks about the, the fake transmission. Of course, I mean, this is... You know, we've kind of seen this before it, with with the uh, quote unquote bad guys that, with the fake stuff, and and they're on to it. They know it. Uh, I'm not sure if the Empire knows how smart that this this crew is and, and the Ghost is that they're gonna pick up on that. But another thing too that I liked about this was um, Goody. She goes, you know, are you really really going back? You know, and and Ezra's like, yeah, we're going back. You know, we're going back as a team. So again, yeah. this more more of teaching these young people like uh, about uh, teamwork and and being loyal to somebody. So I just thought that was a, kind of a cool little thing to come from Ezra. Again, he's he's learned so much from Kanan about uh, you know teamwork and stuff like that. So he's again passing it on to this this new group that uh, you know we're going back as a team. We're going to get our get our boy out of there. So. Um, yeah. I'll keep going, Mike. The Lothal, the Lothal rebels and Iron Squadron travel on the ghost back to Macapo. When an Imperial officer reports the ghost's presence, Constantine vows to destroy both ships and orders his subordinate not to trigger the mine until he orders it. Sabine thinks that it's a magno mine and a remote detonator. detonator. The ghost runs rings around the Imperial light cruiser while Jonner and Goody open the cargo bay doors. 
The two astromech droids then activate their rocket boosters and fly towards Sato's hammer. Sabine instructs Chopper to disable the detonator and red, the red light on top. The officer informs Constantine that he can't track the Magnemite, prompting the Admiral to tell him to get, get it back online. Mark thanks R3 and Chopper when they reach the cockpit. Constantine orders his men to activate the mine. At that point, Sato arrives in a CR-90 Corvette with rebel reinforcements, including A-wing fighters. He orders them to provide cover fire and tells Mark that he will get him out. Sato's Corvette destroys a Gozant cruiser and charges at Constantine's ship. So everybody comes out, you know, the rebels are here. And this is the point where, if I remember right, I want to say, is this where uh, Thrawn is kind of wondering, like, is it, or is it Constantine? I want to say he says something like, man, there's no, there's no uh, reinforcement. This is it. And all of a sudden, out of, out of the blue, here comes, yeah. you know, uh, Sato and, and his reinforcements. So that was cool. Um, yeah, totally. Go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, so where are we? Uh, Constantine calls for reinforcements as the ghost docks with Mart's freighter. Hera tells Mart to get the bomb ready because they are heading for Constantine's ship. Meanwhile, Constantine bellows orders at the officer, who struggles to activate the mine. <clears throat> at that point, Mart ejects the containers containing the mine. Sorry, excuse me above the forward compartment of the Imperial light cruiser. This damages Constantine's ship and sets it ablaze. While the ghost is ferrying Sato's hammer to safety, they encounter an Imperial Star Destroyer that has emerged from hyperspace. <clears throat> Grand Admiral Thrawn contacts Commander Sato via intercom and asks the rebel commander what would motivate him to return to Maikapo. Thrawn promises to meet the rebel commander again and lets the rebels escape into hyperspace. Now, when the the Star Destroyer appeared, did you notice that it had like a special paint job on the underside? I did not. No, I did not. I didn't notice it in the episode and I haven't gone back to rewatch it because I'm lazy and also busy. Yeah. Um, but apparently, apparently... Uh, according to the the online the the episode guide or whatever mm -hmm. uh, the yeah. the the ship Thrawn's personal star destroyer has like this this like dragon sort of these like twin dragons oh, okay. on the underside of his star destroyer gotcha. um, yeah. that I did not notice when I was watching the episode I so I gotta go back yeah. I gotta go back and check that out um but but I didn't I didn't see it yeah um, no, I didn't. on my initial viewing so if it's there it's really subtle yeah but. so I guess that's something to look for now in future episodes yeah. when you see that Star Destroyer come out like hey that's Thrawn's and it, it looks like that we get a sense of a relationship or or some kind of something to do with Sato and Thrawn and maybe that will be uh address later on down the line it seems like they yeah you know obviously they know each other they've been together maybe they would serve somehow on the empire or whatever so i'm sure we'll get some more of that later on uh, i'll finish it up here mike aboard the damaged light cruiser constantine is contacted by thrawn when thrawn asks, asks the admiral whether he had contacted him for assistance constantine claims that he wanted to inform him that the rebels had been driven from the system however thrawn realizes that constantine is trying to cover up his mistakes and replies that he assumed the rebels, uh, assumed that the rebels and not their sympathizers had escaped. 
At Chopper Base, Mart greets his uncle, Commander Sato. Mart embraces his uncle, and Sato tells him that they are indebted to Hera and her crew. Goody and Jonah hug Mart as the Lothal Rebels and R3 watch. Goody and Jonah reaffirm that they are Iron Squadron. Hera, Zeb, and Ezra watch and smile as the Iron Squadron Rebels embrace. It is good to see you alive, Mart. Uncle June, thank you for coming. Of course, but we are both indebted to Captain Sindula and her queen. Yeah! <laughs> I can't believe it. You guys came back. What do you expect? We're the Iron Squadron. Yeah! So it was a nice little, of course, like we've talked about before, a nice little tie-up to this episode. You know, there's no, yeah. there's no continuation. Uh, it's it's the Iron Squadron and, and another set of uh, people that are that are with the rebels now and possibly could help down the line. Um, but this was again, this end was about Thrawn and and his disdain for Constantine. And we'll just see what happens to Constantine now. I mean, they showed it like his ship was. Um, kind of exploding, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming he got out of there, yeah. you know. So, um, but again, here's Thrawn showing up and just kind of surveying what happened, still gathering information, um, which I hopefully this will pay off down the line here with Thrawn. Uh, he'll do something uh, and show his smarts and all this info gathering he's been doing is going to pay off later on down the line. So. Um, I'll give this thing, uh, again, I, I wasn't too big of a fan of this particular episode. I'll give it like five waffles out of uh, ten, I guess. I'll just put it like right on average in the middle, you know. <laughs> so that's for me. Um, anything else, Mike, before we go on? No, just, uh, you know, I hope that I hope that these characters uh, I get a little bit more uh, I attention in the future. Um, yeah. And I think that that's pretty likely. Once they've got the asset, then they kind of they can come back and use it later. But I, uh, yeah, it, it, it just, it just felt really rushed to me this episode. Yeah. Um, I did definitely like, like, you know, I, I got that emotional core at the end of the episode when, when Mart and Sato are reunited, mm-hmm. um, kind of reminds you what the, what the rebels are fighting for. Right? right. Which I think we definitely needed because it's been a lot of, been a lot of weird like almost even political stuff this season um but it's just sort of this larger thing it's either been like about the jedi or or just about getting resources but we haven't really seen since season one the actual impact Mm -hmm. on on individuals um and it reminded me a lot of the 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 onderon arc from uh the clone wars um, that same sort of thing. And I think that that's what I was hoping, not necessarily hoping for, because going into it, I didn't really have a lot of preconceived notions, but but it's what I wish this could have been, mm. um, is like a three-episode arc of Ezra sort of teaching these kids how to fight, getting them off the planet, and then rescuing them, right? Yeah. Um, so that we could have had another awesome moment. You remember at the end of season one when the star destroyers blowing up and, and, uh, oh, yeah. and you know, I uh, Kanan and Ezra 
are escaping and it seems like you know like all hope is lost sort of thing like they're they're way outnumbered and then all of a sudden the those uh those Corellian corvettes come out of hyperspace with a bunch of a-wings oh yeah and it was just like and that music played and it was like holy smokes <laughs> that was about as yeah. awesome in star wars as it gets yeah. um the end of this episode should have played that way but it didn't because there was no build-up towards it right so it's just kind of like, and then all of a sudden it happened. Yeah. Um, and it would have been cool. It would have been cool if it could have at least been two episodes to build up to that point. But instead, it's just a single episode. I, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of exhausted with these these one off stories. Mm. This this filler. Yeah. As we've been referring to it. Yeah. That's what it feels like. And I, well, I, I don't think we're alone, and we'll talk about that more a little bit here. In, yeah. Uh, in the emails. So uh, let's get to some uh, some emails. What message? The Rebels Podcast. Mailbag. The council is asking you. So the first one we got is from Martin Ailman, a good friend of ours. Um, and, you know, I, I totally forgot to mention it episodes ago. Like, he did all of our um, segue music. Uh, yes. So we got to yeah. thank him for that. I totally forgot to thank him the last couple episodes. All, all the stuff you're hearing, uh, Mart's done in, in his studio. So we appreciate him helping us out with that. He says, hey, hello, guys. I wanted to comment on this last episode, Iron Squadron. Even though the episode was another fun adventure with the Ghost Crew, I felt that this episode, more than more so than Super Commandos, was, more, was the most filler episode we've ever gotten on the show yet. I felt that there were so many missed opportunities ranging from Constantine surviving the cargo bomb to the Iron Squadron uh, not flying, the Outrider, but it's totally the Outrider, I don't know. I feel like this season is really taking its time to show us things that we fans really care about. Maybe the Darth Maul episode should have been held off to later in the season instead of being the second episode. Uh, many fans uh, are only thinking about that storyline returning. And given that this trend will not end for the next week's episode, I wanted to hear what you guys thought about how unusual this early part of the season is where we get the most filler episodes based on past seasons. And how does that affect your view of the show as a whole? Keep it up, guys, and happy holidays. So thanks, Mark, for uh, writing us in. You know, he, he he's not alone, and we're not alone, because I've read things online about these last few episodes, and, and a lot of people are talking about this quote-unquote filler-type stuff going on. And, and I don't know if this is just – this show is just maybe is – it, is, it, is it too – is it too good to be on like an anime thing? I don't think so, but sometimes I just yeah. think that it would be better served squishing it up with 13 episodes or whatever, like we did in the first season, and and just get into that stuff. Because it seems like, like I said earlier, Mike, it's going to be about, this season's going to be about Darth Maul, a little bit of Thrawn, and what's going to happen between Ezra and and again, Ezra, Darth Maul, and 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 possibly Obi Wan Kenobi, like we speculated earlier this season. Yeah. And that's going to be this season. And what do we? And it's like the crew or the people writing go, okay, that's what this this season is going to be about. What are we going to do for the for twenty two episodes now? Like, how are we going to fit all this into twenty? Like, maybe even they're thinking the same thing. Like, man, we got to put this into twenty two episodes. How are we going to do that? So, what do you do? You have to like, okay. The overarching thing as far as the season is we'll, we'll talk about uh, and we'll do stories about how the Rebels crew is growing in size and the Rebel Alliance is growing in size and we keep getting this one-off episodes of them picking up new sympathizers. So 
Martin, you're not alone. Like, of course, me and Mike have talked about this for a couple episodes now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think we're heading to a big, of course, big finale. Yeah. But getting there is just sometimes it, it just takes a little. So, and, I, and again, this is a great show. Like you said earlier, Mike, a great show. Um, and I, of course, we're kind of nitpicking a little bit because we love this thing so much. Yeah. And we love Star Wars so much. So uh, I'll just say that. I, you have any comments on what he said, Mike? I think what, what's happening is that we just missed the epic scope of the Clone Wars, right? Um, yeah. Clone Wars was on such a big scale and there was so much going on. And and you can't help, because we're fans of the Clone Wars, you can't help but compare the two. And mm-hmm. when you do, like Rebels is just starting to come up a little short. Now, like if you go back to season one, that's not how I felt. In season one, I thought, you know, Rebels is, is everything I wanted Clone Wars to be and more. But it really feels like, like Rebels this season is sort of the the... I don't want to say the worst of the Clone Wars because the worst of the Clone Wars was pretty bad, but sort of like those middling episodes of the Clone Wars, certainly a lot of those one-off episodes, that's what this feels like. Um, and, and it's just, I, I just really wish they would get back to some more epic storytelling and get into like either, either the epic storytelling or go back to what made season one so great and start telling the personal stories again. Mm-hmm. Um, my problem here is that like we're getting personal stories but the personal stories are about you know some mandalorian that they captured a while ago and i uh, and some kids on some other planet and it's like we don't care about these other characters we do but we also really don't because we care about kanan and we care about ezra and we care about hera and sabine and and Man, where is Zeb this season, right? Hell like, yeah, right? Like, Zeb has had nothing to do other than play support. Um, the one exception to this, to, to what I'm saying about these one-off episodes, is that that Rex episode, the Clone Wars one, right? Uh, against the, the tactical droid. And that's yeah. because it was about a character that we cared about. Mm-hmm. And... I think that might be part of the disconnect that and, and just the scale of these episodes is so much smaller. Um, yeah. The, the, the scope is just not, it's just not there. Hopefully it's building towards something. And hopefully in season four, we get a little bit more of what I'm talking about and we can get into like sort of the war of it all. Right. And have, you know, a wings going up against tie fighters again, like we had in season two. Um, but yeah, it just, it just really feels like they've pulled back. Like they've, this season kind of pumped the brakes for some reason. I don't know what that is. And, and it would be really interesting to ask Dave Filoni why Mm -hmm. it feels that way and what exactly they were aiming for. But it, it just, yeah, we're seeing Ezra develop, but we're not seeing any of the other characters develop. We're not getting any sort of insights into anybody else. We're just kind of getting the same stuff over and over and over again. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I echo uh, Martin's sentiment um, mm-hmm. that this is possibly the most filler of all filler episodes so far. Um, you know, next week we got Hondo, so at least there's that to look forward to. But I... Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind. Of, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird how it's all just kind of 
yeah. these one-off stories. He's, he's talking about, um, he asked too about whether Constantine survived the, the uh, cargo bomb. And, and again, I that's another thing. I, I'm i trying to think. I saw the episode I'm fairly, twice. I'm fairly certain he does because yeah. Thrawn kind of questions him at the end, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't like blow up. It, yeah. it has that slow It's just the like smoking, fires. yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming he made that out there. Um, we got another one, Mike. You want to take this next one? Uh, yeah, sure. This one's from Bob Willicky, and, and Bob writes, Great show as always. So let me preface what I am about to say by saying that I love Rebels. Also, I know this is Disney and this may irritate some, but I can't help feeling that they are appealing way too much to the kid demographic. The last two episodes especially have felt extremely simplistic with rather pointless storylines that don't take the characters anywhere significant or teach us anything we didn't already know. Additionally, and I believe this is something you all mentioned on the podcast, the clean and neatly wrapped up endings with a bow on them have been a bit much. What has been the enduring appeal for me as a lifelong Star Wars fan has been its ability to appeal to a multitude of ages for different reasons. This is not always easy to achieve, but perhaps a greater attention to the focal point of what this show is really about. Ezra's rise and Kanan's role in the Star Wars universe. Uh, granted, the other Rebels characters have great story potential, but I need to see a little more depth here that uh, that I know the story group is capable of. I don't mean to sound harsh, but I make these posts because I care so much. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts, and keep up the great work, guys. So, I don't know if it's just that we're in an echo chamber of, of Clone Wars fans who are now watching Star Wars Rebels, or if this is how the general Star Wars fandom feels about it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll tune into a couple of the other shows this week and see if other people are kind of getting a little bit of this this yeah. um, uh, one-off episode fatigue that we're starting to feel, which is really weird, especially like, I mean, we had a one-week break, um, mm-hmm. and and before that, I guess we had a one-week break, right? We've kind of, it's. I guess that might be part of it as well is that we've kind of been going a little slow. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I might have to check out some other podcasts and see. Uh, maybe I'll see what what, uh, what the guys at Rebel Force Radio are talking about and how they feel about it and if they're feeling the same way. Because if anything, I think that uh, that, that uh, Jason over on Rebel Force Radio is, is even more critical than we are. Um, I haven't listened to any of their Rebels... What what do they call theirs? I think it's Rebels Recaps or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebels Roundtable. Roundtable, man. I think yeah. it's Rebels Roundtable. Um, I haven't listened to them in a while. Uh, I kind of I kind of check in every couple of weeks and look and see like oh who are their guests and if it's somebody that I'm really interested in hearing I'll 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 tune into that um, mostly because I just don't like what what happens is if everybody listens to everybody else's podcasts we all end up like talking about the same thing, having the same perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I try and kind of, especially before we record, oh, I yeah. try and I don't listen to anything. I don't listen yeah. to anything before. Yeah. No. I keep it. I keep it just to, to, to my own sort of inner circle and, and just sort of talking with other people. And I don't even really talk with, I mean, we, we, we do these pretty quick after the episode, I think, yeah. but um, yeah. So, but in this instance, I think it's sort of, uh, it's sort of incumbent on us to to check in with the rest of the fandom and find out like have we just cultivated a fan base of of <laughs> Clone Wars snobs or uh, which is totally possible because I mean a lot of the uh, you listeners have followed us over from Frontlines and that's sort of that's the that's the meat and potatoes of our of our 
uh, uh, of our listenership. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if much like us, everybody else is sitting here going like, you remember how great the Clone Wars were? How come these Rebels episodes are just like these little one-off things? Like, like how come we're not getting big epic battles and, and uh, that sort of thing? <clears throat> happening and and I think that's kind of what we want but but I don't know I don't know I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research and I'll get back to you guys on that yeah he, he Bob is again he's kind of uh, echoing a lot of sentiments around the community yeah and um you know he says uh he can't help feeling the they're appealing to the kid demographic and you know it's kind of crazy because I don't see this as any um this show doesn't a lot of times I don't see it as an animated show or a cartoon. You know what I mean? Like it's kid friendly, but it's not, it's not like a kid's show. If that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. my, like my 13 year old would probably come down and he probably, he, like visually he would enjoy it, but like the story wise, he, he would be lost. So this thing, like I said, it is kid friendly, but I don't think it's a kid show. So, um, that's kind of like where they're kind of trying to tell this line and, you know, like I said, again, with this 22 episodes and you have to add a lot of stuff to it and a lot of these one-offs. And that's where I think it's starting to, like as, as Star Wars fans, this is a time frame where, I, like I said earlier, it's like, man, is this is this time frame just too rich for being just an animated show where they do 22 minutes uh, 22 times, you know? like Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, we'll see what happens with the rest of the season. We'll see what where they end up because uh, – what we saw from the first part and some of the stuff with Ezra and Maul and Kanan, I think we're headed to some really big, big things. So uh, let's just hang on. You know, again, I'm, we're just kind of nitpicking here. Let's just hang on and, and see where we go. Um, we yeah. got another, seems like another, some sort of, you know, filler episode next week. But, uh, you know, let's just, we'll give it time. Let's see what happens, you know. And, and go from there. <laughs> so, so I just got to say, and I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not trying to to poke holes in anybody. But I mean, I'm, well, I'll go back to what I've said all along. Um, once the Force Awakens came out, everybody else stopped doing Star Wars Rebels stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we're not going anywhere. We're gonna do Star Wars Rebels until the series is over, and then whatever the next series is, that's what we'll do. But yeah. I, I, I'm trying to find. Uh, Rebel Force Radio hasn't put out. There's our, our uh, Star Wars Rebels declassified. Oh, okay. Um, they haven't put out the episode yet uh, for this one. If I if I remember correctly, I think they generally release around the same time that we do. Yeah, so so usually Thursday. like Wednesdays yeah. or Thursdays. Um, but I. Uh, Rebels Roundtable was Star Wars Report. They haven't done anything since the season finale uh, of season two. And Rebels Report, who who were kind of our, our biggest uh, contemporaries, our, our biggest peers, um, other than Rebel Force Radio. I don't consider Rebel Force, Rebel Force Radio to be peers. They're, they're so far ahead of us, it's not even funny. Um, but I... I Rebels report, they haven't done anything since season two, episode three. So I uh, all yeah. of the all of the listeners that have come over from those shows because they're not putting out new episodes, welcome. I yeah. uh, <laughs> we we appreciate you. Um we appreciate you showing up. I uh, but yeah, I mean like man, I here I thought that that we were one of many. And it appears that we are actually basically. Uh, it looks like does 
Star Wars Rebels After Buzz is still doing regular episodes. Um, After Buzz TV does a lot of stuff, though. So, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, they do and, everything. Yeah, they basically cover all the shows. Um, but I've never really given them a listen for their Star Wars Rebels content. I think I've listened to one of their Arrow episodes. Uh, but uh, it appears that between Rebel Force Radio, Star Wars Rebels After Show, the After Buzz TV Star Wars Rebels After Show, us, and maybe I'm looking here. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a Star Wars Rebels cast. Um, but they haven't done an episode since Wedge, since the Wedge episode, mm-hmm. um, which was what the third episode of the season. Right. Uh, it, yeah, it looks like there's really only those three podcasts that are keeping up with it, at least that show up in the in the uh, in the first few iTunes searches. Yeah. So, um, wow. I didn't. I didn't realize that that uh, that that it had gotten quite that dire. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully, you guys and uh, all of you people who are tuning in, maybe even for the first time with this episode, uh, that you're enjoying the show. Um, we'd love to get feedback from you guys coming from all those other podcasts, uh, and uh, know that we will be here. Um, yes. <laughs> You know, like if there's one constant in the Star Wars fan community, it's that Matt and I will be talking about whatever the animated series of the moment is. Even if that means we got to talk about Lego Star Wars, the Freemaker Adventures. Uh, and you know what? Like, that was pretty awesome, too. So. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah no, yeah. Uh, that's what we are. We are here for that. And uh, we are here for you guys. Um, and, you know, as long as there's people listening, even if there's not, We'll, we'll show up <laughs> so i yeah i i definitely stick around definitely listen uh listen i speaking of which we got a we got a description for the next episode right yeah next time on star wars rebels the win kathu job the rebels team uh the rebels team up with a pair of unscrupulous pirates to salvage a freighter full of weapons for the rebellion but the mission ends up being far more dangerous than anticipated check this out Star Wars Rebels. When have I asked you to trust me and it hasn't worked out? It is I, Hondo. Old allies. What makes you think we'd even consider working with him? Proton bombs. Show us. One crazy plan. Mission success at 38.5%. This is your plan. And new dangers. Here I go. Whoa. I'm a hero. Star Wars Rebels. Brand new next Saturday at 8.30. Anywhere you can watch Disney XD. So there you go, Mike. We got some uh, Hondo, like you said, coming back. Some yes. uh, I think his name is Baz As Morgan uh, yeah. is back. So uh, kind of a weird character. I'm not necessarily a big fan of his, but hey, when you got Hondo, I'm all I'm I'm good for it, man. Well, so, you know, you know, you've got you got a couple of um, heavy hitters in the voice acting department there because you've got yeah. uh, obviously as as we mentioned before, you've got Jim Cummings. Yeah. Uh, voicing Hondo Onaka, but um, oh man, like uh, g- give me a second. I'm totally You're talking about James. Uh, James Hong, yeah. Hong, yeah. yeah. Yeah, James Hong coming back as as uh, uh, Baz Morgan was that his name? I think it's yeah, As Morgan. I think As Morgan. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
returning from I think he was in season two as well, wasn't he? Yeah. I uh, he's season one and two, so he's this character. You know, it's a small galaxy. Um but uh yeah, I I a couple of heavy hitters on the voice acting front there. So so let's uh let's look forward to that. And that's the thing is, you know, even even when an episode kind of leaves us wanting a little bit more, there's always another episode right around the corner. And yeah, yeah. Just just keep your chin up. <laughs> and Hondo's there too. So and we'll, Hondo. Yeah, we'll be all right. Uh, yeah. And and any episode with Hondo is a worthwhile episode, in my opinion. So. Sure, for sure. I guess that'll wrap it up for this week, though, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, that does it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com, uh, where Tim does an awesome job of keeping you guys in the know with everything. You need to know about Star Wars Rebels. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast as well as on Twitter at rebelspodcast. I'm on Twitter at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and you can follow Matt at the crankster. That's crankster with a K. Um, Of course, uh, we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you want to support this podcast you can do that by heading to uh, store.thunderquack.com picking up a shirt picking up a mug uh, an iphone case whatever um i'm working on some new designs i got some ideas it's really it's tough because i gotta be careful we have to skirt that copyright line um Mm -hmm. and that can be a little bit tough but but i think i got matt matt campbell sent me a couple ideas and i think that i can work with one of them i think it might be i think it might be vague enough um but one of the ones that i definitely want to do is um you know i i kanan's armor his 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 shoulder shoulder his shoulder pauldron from season one and two in particular season one because in season two it gets a little bit scuffed up by vader but uh, in season one it's got that great sort of it's it's kind of like the j guys but it's different um I, th- I really want that on a t-shirt and I remember at Star Wars Celebration kind of cruising around looking for that mm-hmm. and not being able to find it. Um, really, really wanting that, obviously, because Kanan is my favorite character on the show. Um, and so I think that might end up being one of the designs that we put up on there. So keep your eyes open. Um, and definitely, I, if you've been looking at stuff on our store, I would say, like, Friday's probably going to be a pretty good a pretty good day to check out the store because um and i don't know that for sure it's red bubble so the sales are up to them but black friday is black friday and, oh, and, yeah. and i'm yeah. fairly certain they'll have a site-wide sale um so yeah uh, sign up for their newsletters keep an eye on our facebook page um because if there's a sale that we are made privy of I'll, I'll share that with you guys for black friday um of course, if you want to support all the podcasts, you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack. You get exa- uh, at, at the $1 level now, you get access to the Thunderquack podcast, which is our exclusive podcast that I host. Um, and we have all sorts of guests. And, uh, and in December, I'll go ahead and tell you this right now, guys. In December, the special guest is going to be Matt. He's just finding that out right now because I oh, haven't right. actually asked him. But... Uh, <laughs> But he's going to be the guest, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna break down Star Wars Rebels. Now there will also be in December, of course, 
uh, Star Wars Rebels, uh, Rogue One, Star oh, Wars, yeah. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yeah. There will also be a spoiler cast, but what what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen, okay? I'm going to tell you this right now, everybody. Matt and I are not going to be on the Rogue One spoilers ca- spoiler cast, okay? Uh, Matt and I are going to do a one-on-one debrief of Rogue One uh-huh. on our own. Uh, and you're gonna you're gonna tune into the spoiler cast because Tim, Kyle, uh, probably Jason. I think we might even be able to get Carl from the Wampas Lair to mm-hmm. join them on that. Um, so so I you know there will be a spoiler cast on on the on the YouTube uh, uh, channel, but uh, but if you want to hear what Matt and I have to say about Rogue One, uh, you're gonna have to pay a dollar. In order to get access to that, but I'll tell you right now, I'll tell no you worry. right now, oh, well no worth worry. the dollar because not yeah. only are you going to get that, but if you sub now, if you go to Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack now, you get access to all of the 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 Thunderquack podcasts that we've done. I think there's seven episodes as of right now, so you can go back and you can listen to all of them, and they're all around two hours ish, um, and there's some pretty good stuff in there. So, I uh, so definitely worth worth the dollar a month i think um and you also get access to the facebook group so that's like our exclusive facebook group um that that uh you know you can get in there and you can chat with us and have conversation about stuff other than star wars uh what a what a novel idea <laughs> um so yeah i patreon.com slash thunderquack thunderquack.com rebelspodcast.com those are all the places that you need to go uh, and of course we will be back next week with the Wing Cathu job. Uh, thanks for listening. We will see you next week. See you, everybody.